Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hello there, faithful listener. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. And today we're actually going to be discussing, let's see here, Exodus chapter 35 verses 1 through 19. And join me tomorrow because I'm going to be having my sister on the podcast and she's going to be talking about uh, the book of Mark with me, Mark chapter 12 to be specific. So that's going to be a great episode that I hope you guys join in for. And I always love having my sister on the podcast because I actually just get to hang out with her and discuss the Bible and it's just a lot of fun. (laughs) We have a lot of laughs and um, you know what, we take way, way too long to record one episode. It's usually for about a 15 to 20 minute episode. It takes us about an hour to an hour and a half because we're literally just sitting there um, <laughs> uh, laughing. And But even so, it's all in good humor and uh, we still try to be very respectful regarding the podcast and the Bible as well. But so let's go ahead and talk about Exodus chapter 35 verses 1 through 19 today. And uh, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible, but make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea, and let's go ahead and read this. Moses assembled all the congregation of the children of Israel and said to them, These are the words which Yahweh has commanded, that you should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of solemn rest to Yahweh. Whoever does any work in it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations on the Sabbath day. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Yahweh commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to Yahweh. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as Yahweh's offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins, dyed red, sea cow hides, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for all of the breastplate. Let every wise-hearted man among you come and make all that Yahweh has commanded. The tabernacle, its outer covering, its roof, its clasps, its boards, its bars, its pillars, and its sockets, the ark and its poles, the mercy seat, the veil of the screen, the table with all of its poles and all of its vessels, and the showbread, the lampstand also for the light with its vessels, its lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, the sweet incense, and the screen for the door at the door of the tabernacle. The altar of burnt offering with its grating of bronze, its poles, and all of its vessels, the basin and the base. The hangings of the court, its pillars, their sockets, and the screen for the gate of the court. The pins of the tabernacle, the pins of the court and their cords. The finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place. The holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. That was such a tongue twister. 
<laughs> especially when we got into like verses 10 through 18 or through 19. That was just, that was a lot of words uh, with all the stuff that was supposed to go in and on the temple itself. But to start out, um, we talked a little bit on Friday about how Moses's skin was glowing because he was in God's presence and God's glory was like radiating off of Moses. And he had to like cover his face with a veil because the people would be so scared of Moses. So that's where we ended on Friday. Now today, Moses, and I don't know if he has his veil on or not, but I guess maybe he does. It's talking with the congregation of Israel and saying everything that God had said to them originally when he was on the mount the first time for 40 days right before they sinned with the golden calf when God was telling Moses about what he wanted Moses to build and the people of Israel to build as the tabernacle the people are now ready to hear this stuff ready to hear what God has to say because they are still humbled from that great sin that they had done with the golden calf and if uh, you didn't catch those episodes, I definitely recommend going back and catching up on uh, the episodes regarding the golden calf that I did a few weeks back. But anyway, moving forward, it says here that um, Moses says, these are the words which Yahweh has commanded that you should do them. <laughs> so he said this before, but this time maybe the people are, are ready and willing to listen at least for a little bit. But Moses continues on to say, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of solemn rest to Yahweh. And whoever does any work in it shall be put to death. Now, you know, we, we think of that and we're just like, wow, that is so harsh. That's so mean. But okay, these people did not listen. They were not listening. So the fact that God keeps repeating this command over and over and over and over, I think this is like the ninth or tenth time, I think, that God has repeated this command about the Sabbath day of rest. This was a very important thing because if people continue to work and work and work and work without taking a rest, they are going to be deeply burned out. And when a person becomes burned out, they stop being able to function properly and they start not wanting to do the work that God created them for. So it is super important for us to take a rest. And, you know, it, it's it's almost like we think of God as being this mean guy. and We're just like, oh, how dare God force us to rest? <laughs> I mean, that's a really ridiculous thing to say when, when you think about it. I mean, who doesn't want like a nice day of just rest and relaxation. Like I know we have work and, you know, we want to accomplish the work that we have to do. Like, for example, me with the podcast and everything, you know, I always feel like there's tons of stuff I could get done. You know, I mean, I could keep working forever, I feel like. And sometimes I just have to sit back and chill out and just take a break. And that's important for everybody. And I think unfortunately here in America, especially, we like pride ourselves on how much work we can get accomplished. You know, we, we work ourselves into the ground a lot of times. That is definitely uh, applauded as, uh, you know, being a go-getter, you know, being a side hustler. <laughs> I don't know if they use that word anymore. You know, it, it's, it's applauded to like practically kill yourself working so much. But yet God is saying like, you know, I rested on the seventh day. You guys need to rest too because you are not greater than me. That's for sure. So God is telling the people to take a break, 
to sit down and rest. And this is happening right before the building of the tabernacle. So God is making it clear that, look, even though this tabernacle is important, it's going to be built soon. Take a break. Don't just keep working and working and working on this every single day and not taking a break. You have to take a break, even if it's something that is good, like building the tabernacle for God and for the peoples to come and worship God. You know, that's a great thing. That is good. But yet God is still saying, you still need to take a break. You still need to take that Sabbath day of rest. And at this point, these people had not listened to God at all, at all, pretty much up until this point. And, uh, you know, God is being harsh with them because he's commanding them to obey this time. He's saying, if you don't obey this, here's the punishment. This is an important thing that they don't work themselves into the ground. You know, we've talked about the Sabbath day so much uh, in Matthew and Mark, even you could heal and you could do good works on the Sabbath day. You just weren't supposed to do like hard labor on the Sabbath day. And, uh, you know, Jesus even said that the Sabbath was made for man. Men were not made for the Sabbath day. So it was made for us. It was made for us to sit back and relax and enjoy life for a minute and not just be constantly worried and stressed out about work. The other thing I've mentioned a few times about um, the Sabbath day is, you know, it makes us trust God more. You know, when we follow the Sabbath day, because when we sit down and take a break from work, we have to trust God that God is going to help us fulfill our goals on those other five days of the week, six days of the week. And um, wow, I can't even remember how many days are in the week. (laughs) Six days in the week, seventh day rest. Uh, But anyway, you know, we have to focus on God and Trust that God is going to help us accomplish our goals. One thing I wrote about a long time ago, wasn't that long ago, about a year ago, I wrote about how when I was dedicating my days to God, when I first woke up in the morning, I actually got more accomplished on that day than the days that I didn't. And unfortunately, I forgot about that till just now because <laughs> because I haven't been doing that and I have been feeling very behind recently. Uh, you know, we... We do, in fact, have to trust God that he is going to help us accomplish our goals and give us that um, energy that we need to keep going and to keep doing it, but yet still take that day of rest, which will rejuvenate our energy, I suppose, and uh, get us back into work mode the next day. But one other thing I want to mention on this topic is that there were actually two words in the Hebrew language for work. One of them was like the day-to-day daily tasks that you have to do. And the other one was like business career kind of work. And the word used here was actually called malaka, which means like business-related work, occupational work. So when God was telling the children of Israel here to not work, he was saying, don't do business-related work. And then he also mentions like this, this interesting fire here. In verse three, it says that do not kindle a fire. 
on the Sabbath day. So what I think this is talking about is I don't think that this means that the people couldn't be warm because, okay, first and foremost, they lived in a very hot environment. Don't forget that. And secondly, back then, fires would have been really, really, really hard to start. Probably would have taken hours. And God had already mentioned at this point, don't do any uh, metalworking, which requires a fire. Don't do any... um, you know, cooking on this day. Don't do anything like that because that is not resting. If you're cooking on the Sabbath day, I mean, cooking to me is just absolutely terrible. (laughs) But like I said, that word malaka that is used here is often referred to as business-related work like cattle in the fields, uh, farming, metalworking, leatherworking, anything else like that. Now, in Jesus's day, the Pharisees took it to the extreme and told people that they couldn't even do simple daily tasks like walking or uh, who knows what else. And that was not what it meant. You know, this was talking about business related stuff. And I want to mention that once again, uh, that even Jesus said that the Pharisees were taking it to the extreme. And Jesus did not do it that way. But anyway, moving forward into Exodus 35 here. From verses 4 to 9, Moses goes on to talk about the temple. Right after he's finished talking about how God wants people to rest, he's talking about now beginning the building of the tabernacle. And so Moses says to the people, he says, This is the thing which Yahweh commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to Yahweh. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as Yahweh's offering. Gold, silver, bronze, and he mentions all this other stuff that was needed to make the tabernacle. But the word I really want to focus in on is that word willing heart. So in other words, anybody who wanted to give an offering to God was allowed to give an offering. And the people who didn't want to didn't have to. So first, God tells people to be obedient in the command of, you know, the Sabbath day. But now he's saying, you know, If you don't have a willing heart to bring an offering to God, that's your prerogative, basically. And, uh, you know, it just kind of shows God's care for people. If you really think about it, because God cares so much that he commands people to take a break. But yet is saying that, you know, if, if you don't want to cheerfully give a gift to me, you don't have to do that. But it does say in the Bible, I think it's in, uh, first or second Corinthians, maybe, How much God loves a cheerful giver. Or that might be in the Psalms. I'm sorry. I don't remember where it's at. But there is a verse in the Bible that says God loves a cheerful giver. So he loves when we cheerfully give. Not when we give because we are guilted into giving or because we feel like we have to or something like that. God wants us to cheerfully give. He wants us to give of our time. He wants us to give of our, uh, you know, Uh, efforts. He wants us to give of our finances and resources. You know, God really does want us to give cheerfully. And I think that's the key word that we often miss. You know, growing up in the church that I grew up in a long time ago, uh, you know, (laughs) I remember the, the preacher would often talk about giving. And it was often very guilt induced, I suppose. And you know, we'd have these giving weeks and these giving whatever else, but it was, it was very guilty and it was almost like, you're a sinner if you don't give. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong for preachers to go up and ask people to give or preach on tithing or preach how God loves a cheerful giver, but I do believe it's wrong 
to guilt people into giving. And so it, because it needs to come from that cheerful attitude. It needs to come from a want to give, not a uh, guilt to give. And I do think that's a very important thing for every person to remember. But going forward then uh, from verses 10 through 19 to the end of what we're talking about today, it specifically says in verse 10, let every wise-hearted man, but other versions say, let every skilled artisan, I believe. I think that's what um, it kind of translates to is let every skilled artisan. This includes men and women. Anybody who is skilled in what they do, bring their stuff, bring the best that they can bring, you know, make something and bring it. And that is what Moses is saying. Do excellent work. You know, I've said before, I believe it's Ken Coleman. I don't know if you guys know who Ken Coleman is. Uh, he's a Dave Ramsey um, type guy and he's on the Dave Ramsey show as well. But he often says, do what you were created to do, because when you do what you're created to do, you're going to do it very well. You know, you're going to enjoy it. I love that saying so, so much because God did create each and every single one of us for a specific purpose and goal when it comes to careers. And he wants us to do our careers well. And he wants us to do what we were created to do because it will bring him glory. For example, here in verse 10, these people were giving God glory through their careers. They were making stuff and bringing it to Moses so that it could be used for the temple. I mean, how cool is that? That, you know, these people got to see their stuff being used for the building of the temple. I mean, that's super cool. But we don't know how God can use our stuff nowadays. We have we have no clue how God is going to use our careers or our business or whatever we're creating or making or doing or building or helping other people with or organizing. I don't know, whatever you do, but you don't know how God's going to use it. So do it excellently. That is the one thing I can say is just do excellent work wherever you're placed, wherever God puts you. I think it's very important for us to do everything to the best of our ability. So friends and faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode today and that you join me tomorrow for an episode with my lovely sister. And, uh, <laughs> and also friends and faithful listeners, go to the new YouTube channel. I have my first few episodes up. The first episodes I've ever done on P40 Ministries up on YouTube. So I'm going to drop a link to YouTube in the show notes of this podcast episode. So you can click on it and then you can go over to YouTube and you can subscribe to the P40 Ministries channel. Because it's not going to be just podcast episodes I'm putting on YouTube. It's going to be a lot of stuff. I have great, great plans for YouTube. So definitely go over to YouTube and subscribe because uh, great things are coming, hopefully. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. And you know what? I'm going to leave you with this. Commit yourselves this week. Today's Monday. Commit yourselves this week to just do a good job. Even if you don't want to, even if you're sick of your career, just remember that, you know, at this moment in time, that is where you're at. God has a plan for where you're at. And just do your best this week to do a good job with whatever you're doing. Friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of your week. Happy listening and God bless. Bless.